Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 121 on what is, let's just be honest here, a truly glorious NFL Monday. And it's not just glorious because the bet we gave out before the year to all of you on our preseason gambling show, which just printed money for the audience this year, the gambling show as a whole. Uh, the preseason one, that is. The regular gambling show is broken about even. Two and two this week, and a little backdoor cover by the Jags prevented us from going three and one, but that's fine. Puts us six and four uh, thus far through the playoffs. We'll take it. It's no big deal. Uh, we gave you 50 to one Chiefs Niners Super Bowl before the year, and there's four teams remaining, and one of them is the Chiefs, and one of them is the Niners. We will discuss whether or not we are cashing that ticket out Spoiler alert, never in my life would I hedge a bet or cash out a bet. There's a reason the sports books give you that option. It's not to be kind. It's because they want you to do it. We'll discuss that later in the show, but we must, of course, start with the AFC. But before we do that, what we are not discussing on today's show, Novak Djokovic advances in the Australian Open as much as I would love to a Knicks tennis corner. Today is not the day. The Lakers down 25 at the half beat the blazers now one it's two games but one loss out of the sixth seed and by the way i don't know if you know this you're gonna get to see lebron live and in person in a week we got four lakers nets tickets and then you're not gonna get to see lakers knicks because i bought just two tickets for that game (laughs) but you're gonna get to go to one of them and zaire williams says forget my field goal percentage I'm going to shoot an 80-footer and make it. None of that, though, is the news of the day. Demonze, what are we starting with today, my f- my friend? All right, man. I'm starting to sound like a broken record on Monday mornings. but What are you going to say? You were again, right? You were right. Oh, I was right. Everybody kept saying they were the Bills with the team to beat and Allen would be MVP. You never had faith in the Bills. Mm-hmm. Feel free to gloat right now. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't need to gloat. What I do need to say is this. Never again should I should anyone be able to accuse me of, oh, Nick, you don't really, not only do you not really believe what you're saying, but you're saying it out of fear. That has been, that specific accusation has been lodged at me three times about three very different teams. It first was lodged at me about the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George when I said they were a round two ceiling. I bet on that. I bet against them in that series. Everyone's like, oh, LeBron, Kawhi, Kawhi, LeBron. Kawhi might be the best player in the league, not not only the best player in L.A. And, ever, and I said, eh, they don't really seem to have enough size. We don't even need to relitigate the Clippers thing, but... Uh, you know, we now smash cut five years into the Kawhi, uh, Paul George era, and Kawhi has played in zero conference finals game, let alone NBA finals game. I was right. The next time that was lodged to me was about the Nets. Oh, Nick, you know the Nets are a dominant team. I said, eh, I don't know how they're going to guard Giannis in a series ever. Seems important. <laughs> oh, Nick, you don't really believe that. And then they have played in zero conference finals. And the next time it was lodged about at me all year long was about the big, bad, defending zero-time Super Bowl champion Buffalo Bills. That all year long I said was overvalued. That all year long I said we were prematurely anointing. That all year long I seemed to be the only person judging Josh Allen by the standard we have judged Every other quarterback in the league in its history before they had proven they can win the big game. I need you to not make critical errors, and I need to see you do it before I know you can do it. And I was a hater. I was trolling. I was giving out hot takes that I didn't actually believe. And then what did we just see? We just saw the Buffalo Bills Melt down. Scott Kazmar had an amazing stat. All year long, the Bills had five drives 
where they trailed by double digits. And they all took place in the same game, a game they won against the Baltimore Ravens, the game they're down 20-3 to in. There was all year long, there was one game, and it was five total drives where they weren't either leading or within a score. And then in their biggest game of their season, the game to give them the opportunity to get redemption for the historic, such a historic choke job of last year's divisional round that the NFL changed the rules for them and they were going to get it in perfect conditions in a dome. All they had to do was win a home game. Yep. And they had seven drives where they trailed by double digits. They weren't in that game. They could have been in the game. 17-7 with the ball, first and goal. And Josh Allen sails the ball over, I don't know if it was Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, head, whoever it was, on third and goal, settle for a field goal, and we're off to the races. And this Bills team now is undeniably, unquestionably, inarguably. Not the best team in the league. Not the best team in their own conference. Not the second best team in their own conference. What the Buffalo Bills are is in the discussion as the third best team in their own conference. What Josh Allen is, is nothing more and nothing less than in the discussion for the third best quarterback in his own conference. That's it. Conference. I would love to hear someone make the credible argument that one could make for Allen over Mahomes or Allen over Burrow. Spoiler alert, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. Josh Allen has now played eight career playoff games. He was historically great in two of them. One of those he ended up losing, not his fault. That was the Chiefs game last year. He was very good in another one. That was the game against the Colts uh, in 2020. He was okay in one more, and he was downright bad in four of them. Half of his career playoff games, he's been bad. Joe Burrow has been bad in six career playoff games in zero. Mahomes has been downright bad in 12 career playoff games in a half of one the second half of the AFC title game last year against Joe Burrow. Here's the bigger problems for the Buffalo Bills. I said all week, and I said on on Sunday on social, on Twitter, and folks, at the time, folks pretended I was wrong or disagreed, and now everyone's having the conversations. Losing that type of game at home when you're the preseason favorite when you're the favorite in that game by six points, when the other team's on three backup offensive linemen, losing that game in any fashion is the type of loss that makes a franchise have to take a really hard look in the mirror and figure out why we're going backwards. Losing it because you got dog-walked for 60 minutes because you were never in the game, the type of loss makes franchise have to make some almost impossible decisions. You seem very happy with your righteousness. Don't you think there's a little chance you should have been rooting for Buffalo being that the Chiefs can't beat Cincinnati? Okay, well, so we'll talk about that later. Listen, I am obviously a Chiefs fan. Right. But I do not view the entire prism of the NFL through the lens of what's best for my team. And here is why you won't hear Bengals slander from me because the Bills stuff was never slander. It was truth-telling. If the Bengals come into Arrowhead and win again, they will have earned it. They will They will have accomplished the things people pretended Buffalo did. You tip your cap to them. Am I concerned? Of course I'm concerned. Am I even more concerned because Mahomes' leg seems really messed up? Yeah. Could the Bengals win that game? You bet your ass they could win that game. What do you have? You looked at the lines. What Chiefs? Chiefs Chiefs, Bengals. What do you think the line is? Oh shoot! 
Probably Chiefs minus one and a half. That is exactly right. <laughs> wow. You hadn't looked yet? No. Great job. <laughs> what, you have really grown up right before my eyes on the gambling. But that is... so I love gambling. <laughs> that, that is... That, to me, that tells us Vegas thinks Mahomes is really hurt. Yeah. That's Chiefs minus four, if, at least, if Mahomes doesn't get hurt. Minus one and a half is scary. So, but we'll get to the Chiefs in a moment. So, it's not all about... You know, what's best for the Chiefs? It's a, When it comes to my professional life, it's about telling the audience what's actually happening. Right. And I lost my train of thought for a moment there. What I was, I was for Buffalo. Goals not to be right. I mean, your goal's not. Uh, no, no, no. Chiefs. But before, before you even said anything, what I was trying to go through is for Buffalo, what this means for them. Oh, here's, the, here's what it is. This is via Scott Kazmir, Kazmar. Uh, who's a great follow on Twitter. He's a really Gabe, you would love him. Gabe's our producer. Nobody dislikes Brady more than this guy. But he's also like a really smart football. Gabe thinks it might be him. Nah, he he he's on the Rob Parker train of calling him the loat instead of the goat, the <laughs> luckiest of all time. He does this <laughs> whole like thing. That. Um but he had an article for 538 five years ago that's still true, which is no, every single coach-quarterback combo that has ever won a Super Bowl won their first Super Bowl together within five years of being together. So there has never been a quarterback and coach that have been together for more than five years that ended up ever winning a Super Bowl if they didn't at least win their first one within those first five years. He pointed this out. Credit to him. I wouldn't have known this. There were two this year coach-quarterback combos that had been together five-plus years that this was year five, and they hadn't won a Super Bowl yet. Those two were John Harbaugh and Lamar. Looks like we're headed for divorce. And Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. Now, we're not headed for divorce there, but how do they cross this massive delta they clearly need to cross because here's the other thing that was missed in all of the commentary last year or this year about last year. People acted like the Chiefs-Bills game was the Super Bowl because it was between the two teams everyone thought was the were the best and because it was a classic. And you call that a coin flip game, fine. The Chiefs got lucky, I disagree, but fine. Fa everyone has just acted like if the Bills won that game, they'd have won the Super Bowl. Here's the problem with that. The Bills lost to a team that the very next round then lost to Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati in the very next round lost to the Rams. So last year, they weren't good enough to beat the team that ended up being the league's bronze medalist. And this year, if we needed more evidence that maybe even if the Bills had won that game last year against Kansas City, that Cincinnati could have then the next weekend gone to Buffalo and whooped their ass, the only piece of evidence I need to present you is this week's game. They're not close. And it was galling to me the way the media would not be consistent in their analysis of this team. You don't get to say, and they tried to pull the same with Mahomes all year in a different way. You don't get to say Von Miller put the bills over the top. Have Von Miller be the difference in the win over the Chiefs. Have Von Miller be their most consistent guy. And then when Von Miller sadly tears his ACL, pretend that that doesn't change the math for this team. But everyone was so pot committed in the Bills being this legendary juggernaut because Josh Allen didn't throw the ball 75 yards in the air. You know what he needed to be able to do yesterday? Throw the ball seven yards in the air. On third and two, not take a deep shot down the sideline to Gabe Davis. Take the first down. As Peyton Manning says, don't go broke taking a profit. 
And every other, when, when Mahomes last year had the first slump of his career, having already won an MVP, had, having already won a Super Bowl MVP, having already been to another Super Bowl, and he started turning the ball over at a rate we had never seen from him before and briefly was among the league leaders in turnovers. He got roasted for it. Josh Allen finishes this season with 34 combined fumbles and picks. And I, I, it's, it, I'm the one person like, yeah, it seems like a problem. <laughs> well, it was a problem. And yesterday, the bigger problem is they lost without Josh Allen turning the ball over. Now he did at the very end, but they're down 17 with two minutes left. Right. They just got their asses kicked start to finish. Long ways to go. And in 2020, and this is the last thing I'll say on this. We have seen this story before. This is the other part about this job that I think folks in the job, I wish took more seriously and understood that those of us on national television and I, I'm lucky enough to work with a couple guys who take it this seriously and, and understand the history and know it, which is why our TV show works, but they pay us a ton of money for fake jobs. You have a responsibility to the audience to understand that things aren't always unprecedented, and history can tell us a story. In 1998, Demonze, the Minnesota Vikings had one of the greatest teams ever to not make a Super Bowl. They had drafted Randy Moss. Our friend Chris Carter was still there. Randall Cunningham came out of retirement. That team went 15-1 and and got unlucky in the conference championship game. Everyone's like, oh, they'll be back. They'll be back. And then the next year, they took a bit of a step backwards. And then the next year, they were back in the conference championship game. And they lost 41 to nothing. Wow. And they never made it back. And then Chris left. And then Randy left. And then the team was turned over to Dante Culpepper. And who, by the way, there is the, the it already been turned over in the 2000 season, I believe. There is no one's ready for this conversation of, is Josh Allen a white Dante Culpepper? Nobody's ready for that conversation, but I might unveil that on television later today. Highlights. Oh, Demonze, you've got to watch his highlights. You've got to watch. Now, he got his knee blown up, so it derailed his career, but you've got to watch some Culpepper highlights. He's the biggest, strongest guy. He can throw the ball 70 yards, and he's very reckless. Does he remind you of anybody? <laughs> um, but you can't go backwards like this. You can't make a conference championship game get whooped on the road and be like, okay, we're say to everyone, we're obsessed with beating the Chiefs. That's what they said after 2020. Build your whole team to beat them. And then the next year, because you're not good enough in the regular season, instead of playing the Chiefs again in the play in the conference championship game, you got to play them in round two in their building again, blow that game. The next year, go spend $120 million for six years of an old, aging pass rusher in Von Miller because you need one more piece to put you over the top. Do all that because Josh Allen's contract hasn't kicked in yet. Once again, not have, if this game would have happened, it wouldn't have been in Buffalo, neutral side, but it doesn't matter. But then that year, losing round two at home, not even against the Chiefs, and get it blown out. Right. That is a straight trajectory downwards. If only someone could have warned you guys. Next. This guy said last thing I'm going to say about five minutes ago. That's hilarious. I told Gabe last night, we're just going to do Bill's Chiefs in a 20-minute A block. Well, we've done 17 minutes, and we're not to the Chiefs yet. Next. All right, so your Chiefs are moving on to the AFC Championship for the fifth straight year. Yeah, by the way, just for the record here, two teams have been to five straight conference championship games, okay? The, the Raiders did it five times in the 70s with John Madden. John Madden was the great young coach. They won one Super Bowl, probably should have won more, went there five times. The Patriots went to eight straight from 2011 to 2018, which means 
there have now been 12 consecutive AFC championship games, either with the Patriots or the Chiefs, because they played each other in 2018. The Chiefs kind of took the torch. What has never happened is a team hosting more than three in a row. That this will be the Chiefs' fifth time in a row hosting the conference championship game. For some context, Amonze, the Chiefs were in Super Bowl one. They've been around the NFL as long as there's been Super Bowls. They had never hosted a conference championship game before Mahomes was a part of the team, and now they have hosted it every year he's been the starter. Go ahead. Wow. All right. Well, this comes at a price. Yeah. After the game, it was revealed that Mahomes is dealing with a high ankle sprain, but they say he'll continue to play through it. You must be really worried about the Chiefs playing the Bengals. with. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, it's amazing he played through it. Yeah. That was a great win. Now, there is Mahomes has suffered three injuries in his career. In 2019, he got his kneecap dislocated in the regular season. They won the Super Bowl. In 2020, he got choked out in the playoff game. Chad Henney came in. They held on for dear life against the Browns. They went to the Super Bowl. And now this year, uh, this is a bad injury. High ankle sprain usually knocks guys out a month. Mahomes stayed in the game, briefly left, came back. And we'll see, listen, and the other sneaky part of that game was the entire receiving court did nothing. MBS had the touchdown catch. That was his only catch. Juju made one big catch, I think, on third down. That was his only catch. Sky Moore got the ball twice, had zero total yards. This was tight ends, Pacheco, the seventh-round running back. This is going to be a hell of a test. It's a tough battle even if Mahomes is healthy. However, here's what I'll tell you. We have updated quarterback rankings in the NFL, and this is how they go. Mahomes is an unquestioned one with a bullet. Joe Burrow is an unquestioned two with a bullet. Who do you think I'm going to put at number three? You're going to put somebody else, but it should be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a strong argument, and we'll get to him. I'm not going to say Jalen Hurts. Oh, tre- Trevor. Nope, I'm not going to say Trevor. The third best... Oh. Go ahead. Brock Purdy? No. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The best quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes. The second best quarterback in the league is Joe uh-huh. Burrow. The third best quarterback in the league, as we saw yesterday, is oh, Patrick geez. Mahomes on one leg. That's my quarterback <laughs> rankings. A healthy Patrick Mahomes one, Joe Burrow two, Patrick Mahomes on one god dog leg is the third best quarterback in football, and the only person better than him actually is Joe Burrow because the other person ahead of him is himself when he's healthy. That guy is an unbelievable football player. That is where my fandom comes into play. It is such a blessing to have him on this team, and it is also a blessing to have Travis Kelsey on this team. So I, I'm going to, at some point, graphically do this on TV, but I compiled this for the podcast uh, earlier today. Right now, Patrick Mahomes, who is 27 years old, these are just pl- playoff records involving these Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, 27 years old. He is already top 10 in all-time playoff passing touchdowns with 30. By the way, Rodgers and Montana are tied for second at 45. Brady's got 88. That's going to be a tough one to catch. But Mahomes will be... Mahomes could pass Kurt Warner and Dan Marino with three touchdown passes the rest of this postseason. Next Mahomes stat. Patrick Mahomes is already top 16 in all-time playoff yards. Patrick Mahomes is number one all-time with a bullet playoff passer rating at 106. No one else is, I think, Kurt Warner's number two at 102. Patrick Mahomes is already, he is right now sixth all-time in playoff rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. He's 11th all-time in playoff rushing yards by a quarterback. And now the really fun stuff, the non-Patrick Mahomes playoff stats. Travis Kelsey, number one all-time playoff receiving yards per game if you've played at least 12 playoff games. Travis Kelsey, in this football game, tied Gronk for the third most receiving yards in playoff history, not by a tight end, 
by anybody. With 55 yards, he passes Edelman for second at more than 1,400. Jerry Rice is at 2,200. Unbelievable gap. Kelsey is going to be the second most prolific playoff receiver ever. He's not even a receiver. Travis Kelsey already is number two all-time in playoff receptions behind only Jerry Rice. Travis Kelsey is already third all-time in playoff touchdowns behind only Rice and Gronk. One more, he ties Gronk. Uh, uh, I've got one more for you, and this one will blow your mind. Like Dalton Schultz with the clock over here. With, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) With one more sack, Frank Clark becomes third all-time in postseason sacks behind only Willie McGinnis and Bruce Smith. He's right now fifth, or I'm sorry, yeah, he's right now fifth, a half sack behind L.C. Greenwood and and Terrell Suggs. This team is rewriting the postseason record books thanks to the greatness of number 15, Patrick Mahomes. It is a pleasure to watch. Shout out to Chad Henney for the 98-yard drive. And now we see how much Mahomes can heal. And then we get a game that we'll talk about this week. But here's the thing. Healthier, I believe Mahomes is hands down without question the best quarterback in the league. With that said, even though he's banged up, if the Bengals come into Arrowhead and win, if people want to argue Burrow gets the title, I'll disagree with it, but I'll understand it. It will seem fair. And banged up or not, if the Bengals come into Arrowhead and win, and people want to argue, they deserve to be the fate, the, the, as, as Joe Mixon put it, the big dogs in the conference, they will have earned it. At least they will have earned it, as opposed to being gifted it for accomplishing nothing <laughs> Like the team in Buffalo. Uh, Should Nick be worried about the Chiefs? What's the poll say? Uh, 81% says yes. 19% says no. Okay, that's fine. Folks, all I can do on this show is give you the most accurate NFL analysis you're going to find it anywhere. Give out potential 50-1 to season-long winners. Turn around uh, what looked like a lost gambling season into a slightly profitable gambling season. And... You know what? I want to check something real quick. And I know we're late on the clock. I don't care. I want to see, just FYI, when I have tweeted that. Um, So, I tweeted out, uh, I think my just FYI, you can get this team on the money line, is undefeated this year. I gave... I just if I if you just go to my timeline, I gave it out when the, that you can get the Chiefs six and a half plus three and a half against the Bengals when their first appearance they lost by three. I gave out multiple the the Bills Niners or I'm sorry Bills Bengals bets. I gave out the Niners yesterday. My lie I I see I've been doing services for the country that is out here gambling. <laughs> the Cowboys on the other hand are inventing new hilarious ways to lose. We will discuss that and the Philadelphia Eagles' dominating performance. That's next, What's Right. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in episode 121, What's Right with Nick Wright, Divisional Weekend Recap. And listen, last year's Divisional Weekend, all four games ended on buzzer beaters. Kicks at the gun. This year, you didn't have nearly the drama, but you might have even better storylines. Uh, and by the way, reminder to the audience, ask your questions so we can read them in the C block. Also, we appreciate everybody who's watching live on YouTube. I think this might be our most concurrent viewers we've ever had or something like that. And also a reminder, subscribe to us on YouTube if you would. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. We're still doing our damnedest to get to the 100,000 people uh, as as full-time subscribers on the show. We are yet to get there. However, I do think we're at 95.3 thousand. So... 4,700-ish away. We've got a few weeks to do it to get to the 100,000 for the Super Bowl, as, as is our goal. So hit subscribe, click the bell so you know when we go live. A few of you guys did actually tweet out the links to the YouTube Dude. thing, which we saw, which we greatly appreciate it. All right, Demonze, let's go on into the B block. Go ahead. All right, next Sunday will be a massive day. Obviously, the Super Bowl participants will be decided, but more importantly... Your 50 to 1 preseason Super Bowl ticket will be decided. Yeah. You already talked about the Chiefs. San Francisco grounded out a tough win thanks to their defense. Yeah. But Dallas looked pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, mid game, someone in our show's group chat asked if you were considering cashing out early. Here's what you had to say. All right. So let me see what I said. Hedging bets is for cowards and stock traders. I'm a goddamn gambler. I did tweet that. I do think that. Uh, oh, and they put the picture of me. Uh <laughs> with the black and mild and the IG gonna come back, man. Uh so a couple things, then we'll get to the Cowboys. That d should be on a t on a on a t-shirt. <laughs> I would wear that t-shirt. <laughs> Hedging bets is for cowards and stock traders. And I'm a goddamn gambler. On the back. <laughs> yeah, I the I like that t-shirt. The other thing is Gabe tweeted during the Cowboys game about how Nobody understands the clock management rules. And I was, I think he thought I was, oh, look at the shirt. That's a wow, great shirt. <laughs> that is a great, this is why you should watch us on YouTube. That's a great shirt. That was fast. Uh, oh, our graphics seems unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so Gabe tweeted, nobody understands how clock the clock rules work when Dalton Schultz went out of bounds. And I know he wasn't using it as a shot at me. Yeah. But I actually was offended. You got yourself by it. riled up. I, yeah. I was like, what do you mean, nobody? <laughs> oh, there's somebody you work with who does, my friend. Uh, but okay. So I'm obviously not cashing that ticket out. Right now, that ticket's worth just over 16 grand. It costs 1,000 bucks. I could put it up on Prop Swap and probably get. 13,000 for it or something. That's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard in my life. Now, I will tell you this. I would prefer the order of the games on Sunday be reversed. The Niners game is first. The Chiefs game is second. Here's why I'd prefer it be reversed. Emotionally, it will be utterly crushing for me if it's not only that if the Niners win the early game, right, and it, then the Chiefs lose, and I. But it's not only that I lost the. 
the opportunity of $50,000, but also that my team's not going to the Super Bowl. Here's the thing. I've experienced even worse than that before. I, the year the Chiefs lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl, I had put, now I'll just be honest with the audience, I had put before the year $10,000 on the Chiefs repeating at, I think it was five and a half to one. Not I think it was. I know it was 560. And I didn't hedge it once ever. And then they just got their teeth kicked. So I watched my team lose a Super Bowl to Tom Brady and then also lose out on that moment. Right. And so I've 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 been there before. I could deal with it. <laughs> these are the the these are the you know the the ups and downs of someone that bet sports and uh and you know yeah so i i've been there before but i'm not hedging that bet now demonze let's talk about this actual game all right so now the odds are even better yeah no no no. go on to the let's talk about the cowboys game oh who do i blame for the cowboys oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. i'm sorry you're fine don't worry about it so i got it we uh, the the cowboys it looks like are blaming dak prescott we have a tweet to show you guys about that. That evidently, this is from the Cowboys' official Twitter account. Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice in the narrow loss to the Niners in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't generate self-inflicted wounds. Now, let me make sure. I'm fairly certain, guys, the rest of that tweet does have a link to a story. So not that that makes it much better, um, but... Yeah, if you click on that, it is an odd tweet. But if you click on the link, it's then a story on DallasCowboys.com, uh, written by Patrick Walker. That taught it, it's they they put a bunch of different game recaps out there, and that's kind of the headline from that one. So here's the deal: y- your Cowboys playoff game bingo card filled up pretty quickly. Dak throws back-breaking picks. Check. An undisciplined team has a critical penalty at the worst possible time, the holding on Kittle that ended up leading to a 49ers touchdown. Check. And then Mike McCarthy's clock management at the end. Now, by the way, both of these teams butchered the clock at the end. Just butchered it. And the Niners going out of bounds is just unfathomable. But So there's so much to get to here. The one that I found, there were a couple things that I found truly galling if I'm a Cowboys fan. The first one was the punt. It's a 9-9 game. You have 4th and 10 past midfield, and you punted the ball. And... It is, I'm sorry, 4th and 10 is not right. I was looking at that. I was like, I don't remember it being 4th and 10. It was 4th and 5. It only became 4th and 10 because they intentionally took a delay of game to have a better spot for the punt. It's 4th and 5. It's in the playoffs. You're at the 40-yard line. Now, you don't want to trust Maher because he shanked another extra point in this game. So be it. He actually, the one thing he's really good at is long field goals. He's got more 60-plus yards than any kicker in NFL history. That would have been 58. So be it. You can't punt there. You simply can't punt there. They punted. The Niners, of course, then drove the field and scored a touchdown. You then get a field goal. Niners get a field goal. You then on your next drive, the, the Cowboys then had the following errors. They have a third and 10 with two minutes and 50 seconds left. You have all three timeouts. You're on your own 20. If you don't get it, I understand punting there. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do understand it. You're down seven. You're down, yeah, at that moment. Am I right on this? Yeah, you're down seven. You feel like we can get a stop. So be it. Dak has to know. The, The results of this play have to be First down, out of bounds, or incompletion. He takes a sack. 
It's just impossible. Not even a sack. He's trying to scramble and gets tackled. So now the clock's going to run. They're not ready to get their kicking unit on the field. Clock runs. Greg Olson did a great job calling this out. So now you're punting it with 210 left. They fair catch it with 205. You miraculously get the ball back with 45 seconds left. Dak almost takes a safety on the first play. Then Dalton Schultz doesn't understand the rules that that what Gabe was confused by in the clock management stuff is the clock stops if you go out of bounds if you go out of bounds either sideways or forward. So I'm not I'm not picking on Gabe. He just he tweeted about it. Dalton Schultz got pushed out of bounds backwards. The reason that rule exists is they don't want you to be able to, in order to get out of bounds, retreat to the sideline. You can't like be close to the sideline, someone's about to tackle you, and you run in the opposite direction. You have to be, your forward momentum has to either be, your momentum's either got to be going forward or sideways, or else they don't stop the clock. Dalton Schultz didn't realize that. Then they throw at Dalton Schultz again on the sideline. It's an easy catch, and he's just too careless to drag his second feet, second foot. Now, we can put that on Dalton Schultz. We can also put it on Mike McCarthy and lack of attention, detail, and coaching. Not knowing all the rules, not knowing situational football. And then for the second straight year against the Niners in the playoffs in a one-score game, you have a cartoonishly ludicrous final play. Last year, they ran a quarterback draw to set up a shorter Hail Mary, but the clock's running and they don't even get the Hail Mary off. They spike the ball with one second left, which leads to zero seconds left and the game's over. This year, you try to run some Fugazi version of that Colts fake punt from a decade ago that everyone got blown up on, except the Colts at least had three guys there. Yeah. The Cowboys just had Zeke. Zeke, <laughs> Zeke gets powerbombed to the center of the earth, and then Turpin gets annihilated. It's just the stupidest play I've ever seen. And what's even dumber is maybe you thought, we're going to catch him off guard. But you lined up in it. The Niners called timeout. And then you're like, F it. Do it again. <laughs> D'Amico Ryan's had time to be like, guys, I don't know what they're doing, but here's the deal. <laughs> um, We're going to have someone power rush Zeke. And he's going to get the Mac Jones, Chandler Jones treatment. <laughs> and we think we're going to be okay on this play. Just a disaster. I know everyone can't be the Chiefs, but the Chiefs had 13 seconds to get in field goal range with their season on the line in this round last year. Did it with ease, with time to spare, and made the field goal be very makeable distance. I think it was 48 yards. The Cowboys had 45 seconds to get in Hail Mary range, and they couldn't. And last year they had time to get in Hail Mary range. And they ran a quarterback draw. It's it's baffling the way this team tortures their fans. I was not really that heavily invested in this game. I had a small bet on the Niners. That was it. And I just found myself cackling maniacally about the ending of it. Just as bad as it gets. Absolutely as bad as it gets. And on the Dak side of things... The guy's been a turnover machine all year. Yep. And the level of scrutiny Dak's going to get, I wish Josh Allen had gotten 10% of it for also being a turnover machine, but for some reason, it, Josh Allen has earned this far greater benefit of the doubt. Fine, whatever. I wish Brett Meyer would have slammed his helmet on the ground after he threw his second pick. Oh, that's a good take. <laughs> I like that. That's a sneaky, really good take, Demonze. Yeah, you, that you felt like Dak kind of didn't support his teammate enough yeah, on that one time. Like he he had a really good season, and like he missed some field goals in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it's the playoffs, but you've been throwing picks all year, dude. That's a great. You know what? <laughs> that's a great take. That is a great take that I didn't see coming. I really like that take. I hope that makes you feel better because I know you were angry about how this segment started. You told me that was way better for the show than any uh, question read you could do. But Dak's picks, he threw one pick inside his own 20. 
that immediately led to 49ers points. He then threw another pick inside the Niners 20 that took points off the board for his own team. And that's what he's been doing all year. Throwing picks inside in his own red zone and in the opponent's red zone. Oh, uh, I think we need to move on. We're a little late. I just realized what the clock said. My bad. Go ahead. All right, Nick Almighty. Time for you to come back down to earth for a bit. Yeah. All we've been saying today is you're right, you're right, you're right. But you did miss on the Eagles. You had massive doubts early in the season and thought they'd go one and done. Are you sweating next week's NFC Championship after what they did to the Giants? Okay, so here's the deal. I did think they'd go one and done before the playoffs. I did not think they'd go one and done once I saw they were playing the Giants. To be fair, I didn't pick the I know I picked the Giants plus the points, but I said on the gambling show that was to me the absolute game I had the least feel for. I thought too many points in the divisional matchup. I was obviously wrong on that. But in general, you're right. I have not been an Eagles believer. The way they're running the football is spectacular. Okay? And I've got to give them credit. They, much like the Chiefs, they earned that one seed by being the best team in their conference all year. And the benefit of it was you, you the one seed, it's not just the bye, it's not just home field. It's also you get the worst team that wins in round one in your conference. And the difference between the Eagles playing the Cowboys for a third time or the Niners in this round and the Giants could not have been more glaring. Just like for the Chiefs, the difference in getting the Bengals or the Bills versus getting the Jaguars. No disrespect to the Prince. So they earned that. And they kicked the crap, the absolute crap out of uh, the Giants. Of course I'm nervous for that game. The Eagles absolutely could beat the Niners. And Brock Purdy didn't play that well this week. Yeah. So I the now you're not going to be able to run the ball for 250 yards on the Niners. And but you're going to be at home and Brock Purdy's going to be in a road playoff game that is going to be the toughest, loudest environment of his football life. So I give the Eagles credit. I I do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. Do I have the least faith in them of any of the four remaining teams? I do. But they have proven me wrong by getting here. So I give them credit for that. Where I was right, though, was, and I'm not going to let you skirt this one, Demonze. I told you, Daniel Jones is not that guy. That You know who, the, the, this weekend. Switching it over to Daniel Jones. Well, he was the Just quarterback catch, in this game. Catching a stray. He was terrible. <laughs> they were in a spot where he had to throw the ball, and the guy can't throw the ball. Just can't. Sorry. You know who actually, other than the Bills, had the worst weekend? The Vikings. Because they let that guy cook them up. <laughs> and so the uh, the saving grace for the Giants is maybe this performance prevents you from having to drastically overpay Daniel Jones for no reason whatsoever. All right, next. All right, so there's something. Maybe we're just skipping on to the game. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Um. All right, so time to play a game. We are playing right or wrong today. Yeah. Uh, so all good things must come to an end. The prince that was promised concluded his first year that counts mm-hmm. with a loss to the King in the West and the Chiefs. You have high hopes for Trevor's future, even saying that you think he'll win a Super Bowl one day. But wait a second. That kind of sort of means, right or wrong, Lawrence will eventually beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, of course. And in Mahomes like, is not Like gonna... seven years? I don't know when, you, but at some you... point, I mean, Mahomes isn't going to go to every Super Bowl. Mahomes already, by the way, got beat by Burrow once in the playoffs. The playoff games are hard. Going to multiple Super Bowls is hard. Aaron Rodgers has been to one. Drew Brees went to one. Brett Favre went to two. Peyton Manning, his entire time in Indy, went to two. Then went to two more in Denver, obviously. Take Brady out of it. Like, Steve Young went to one. It's a great player. Ben Roethlisberger, to his credit, went to three, won two of them. Great defense for the first one, you know, carried them that first year. Phillip Rivers, his whole career, went to zero. Josh Allen's been to zero. Herbert's yet to win a playoff game. It's hard, man. 
Dak Prescott's never been to a conference championship game. Like, so yeah, I think I think I would be very surprised if Trevor Lawrence doesn't make and win a Super Bowl one day. But it's hard. And may, listen, maybe he beats Mahomes, maybe not. Sir, you know what I mean? Like certain guys, somebody maybe somebody else beats Mahomes and Trevor goes. I don't know, but I thought Trevor comported himself fine. I thought the Chiefs defense was awesome in that game and deserves a ton of credit. All right, next. Uh, the Giants are getting ex- the Giants getting exposed might not be that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon is up for a new deal, but City isn't looking to reset the running back market. Mm-hmm. You also said the loss may have saved them from the franchise crippling mistake of playing my guy Danny Dimes. Yeah. Right or wrong, the Giants should build around Barkley and Danny Obviously Jones. wrong. Obviously wrong. I mean, nobody <laughs> thinks they should build around Daniel Jones. You want to franchise tag him, pay him $32 million bucks, and, you know, and you've got to be willing. Here's the thing. They've all built up enough equity this year. I think if you're going to bring Daniel Jones back on a franchise tag, what you need to do is call an offense and coach a game like you have a franchise quarterback. And if that means the interceptions and fumbles come back, so be it. But you need to open things up to see what he could do if he was if you took the training wheels off him, so you can then decide if you're going to actually move forward with him. But you can't franchise tag him and then have him run this schoolyard nonsense, 200 yards per game. We're going to treat you like a power running back BS to try to scrape out nine wins. You got to see if this is your guy, and if it's not your guy, you got to move on. I already think it's not the guy, but whatever. All right, last. Daniel Jones makes it past the second round of the playoffs next year. No chance. The Giants make the conference championship game? No way. They are more likely to miss the playoffs than to make the conference championship (laughs) game. Give me a break. All right, man. Go ahead. Uh, At least least New York has an excuse for their blowout. The Giants were reportedly without, without running water at their hotel ahead of their game with the Giants. I don't know if the Eagles had their game with the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Eagles fans did this intentionally, but these are also the same fans that threw snowballs at Santa. Santa. Mm -hmm. Right or wrong, Giants hotel issues were all a coincidence. That's probably wrong. I mean, it probably was. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it was Eagles fans or just like the hotel staff. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I think they were getting them. I think, but (laughs) so be it. That happens. That happens. Yeah, that's why you want to host playoff games. That's hilarious. It happens. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about that. It happens. Get over it. You host playoff games. Don't go on the road if you don't want to have to deal with, you know, play fans. Demonte, that's not nearly as bad. Fans historically have repeatedly and continuously set off fire alarms. Like they've pulled the thing in the team hotel, so they have to go outside in the cold, go back in their bed, pull it again, go outside in the cold. Yeah, yeah. This is what happens. It's playoff football, baby. Everybody's got to be ready. Get a job. Woo, get a job. People pulling the fire alarm at the hotel. Listen, (laughs) they're doing everything they can to help their team win. I don't endorse it, but I understand that's part of the territory. It happens. You got to deal with it. We read your questions. Put them in the chat now. We read them next. What's right? Yo, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Final segment. You know what? I'll be honest. This show's been just under an hour. I, I think keeping today's show to an hour is a pretty good job by us. We do have to figure out how we're going to do the mechanics of the gambling show Friday because there's only two games to pick. And so, God, dog, get that backdoor cover that the Jags had really burns just me. give out a bunch of parlays. Well, there's only same game parlays. Oh, a bunch of same game parlays. parlays. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the same game parlay we gave out this week didn't hit. By the way, oh man, I didn't tell you this. I had a 70 to 1 Bengals, Bills, same game parlay. Okay. That was Josh Allen to throw a pick. Check. The Bengals to win outright. Check. The Bengals to cover the first half number, plus three and a half. Check. Joe Burrow to have more than 11 rushing yards. Check. Jamar Chase to score a first half touchdown. Check. 
and Josh Allen over 48 rushing yards. No go. I Now, luckily, Allen's interception didn't happen until like the final play of the game. So I was close to it. So I had kind of like written it off, like because he needed his rushing yards didn't come in and the pick hadn't happened. So once the game was late, I was like, I I don't know how to thread this needle. Like I need Allen to like go on a super long run and then throw a pick. So I had kind of written it off. But I was when Chase scored a touchdown to start the game. Oh boy! And then Joe Burrow had a long scramble. You were traveling, so you didn't watch that game with me. It was it was uh, Bamani was sitting with me watching me sweat this <laughs> sweat this out. Shout out by the way to my friend Bamani Jones. Season two of Game Theory on HBO premiered on Friday. Do you know who the first guest he had on of the season was? Uh, was it? It was me. All right, now let's get to the it was it was me. Uh, let's get to the fan questions. All right, Coach Mystic asks, when can we order the T-shirt? Oh, I don't know. That's going to be a Blue Duck Media Enterprise thing, and I'd say they'll have that put together soon, but DeMonte and I are still waiting for our super big hats. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, Remember dude, they said I, they were going to get us those super big hats? That actually has crossed my mind like yeah. three times. like where are those super big hats? We don't ask for much around <laughs> they're, here. They're coming. I think since the business is like a startup, it's taking a minute. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's you know, By the business being a startup, you're talking about the super big hat company or Blue Duck Media? Because I think Blue <laughs> Duck Media has been around for a while. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know about putting that shirt in red. There are some tweaks to it, but I would like to get that shirt made. Uh, and all proceeds can go to my favorite charity, which is the DeMonze Moving to L.A. Fund. Let's start a 501-3C for it. All right, next. Thanks. All right. Gabriel said, Nick, I saw you playing poker the other night. Sitting between Phil and Daniel is awesome. What was it like sitting head-ups against Phil? I mean, it was great until I lost. Uh Maybe that's another reason I'm not as as anxious about th- potentially hitting this fifty thousand dollar fifty to one Chiefs Niners exacta. You know, I, I I lost fifty thousand to play Phil heads up once. Now I also won that tournament that Phil and Daniel were in, and that paid that that was a forty thousand dollar profit. So maybe that's why. But it was great. I I'm gonna do it again this summer in some capacity. Phil just lost. I got the ball rolling on that heads-up duel thing, but because I didn't re-challenge, Phil then got different opponents, and he beat Scott Seaver. He lost Scott Seaver, beat Scott Seaver. Then he beat someone, I or Tom Dwan, something like that. But whatever it was, he just played Jason Kuhn, 800000 each, $1.6 million up top to the winner, and Kuhn dusted him. <laughs> Phil and my match was five and a half hours long. Kuhn beat him in a smooth two hours and ten minutes. And it was, I mean, it was just a straight line. Now, Jason Kuhn right now is probably the best poker player in the world. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so it was really cool. Thank you for asking. Next. All right, Matthew Ulrich said, You always say it's terrible. You always say it's terrible value to bet across the zero on a teaser. Can you explain why it's terrible value? Because the game's not going to end on zero. That's the simplest reason. Your one of your possible points of winning doesn't exist in the regular season. I guess you could say it could land on zero in the playoffs. It literally can't. So you are buying people don't think about it this way, but okay. So let's say the let's take chiefs Bengals. Okay. The chiefs are right now one and a half point favorites. So if you tease the chiefs, I'm sorry, if you tease the Bengals, pardon me, you are paying for, instead of only being able to win if the Bengals win or lose by one, you now win if the Bengals lose by two, three, four, five, six, or seven. You're buying six other outcomes where you can win your bet. Okay? Makes sense? Now let's tease it in the other direction. For You take the Chiefs from plus one and a half or minus, minus one and a half, one. pardon me, to plus four and a half. You now win if the Chiefs win by one. Zero doesn't exist. They can't win or lose by zero in the playoffs. Or if they lose by one, two, three, or four. So you're paying the same amount of money, but you are only getting an additional five outcomes right. rather than six outcomes. That's the simplest way to look at it. The other reason why there are certain teasers that are good and certain teasers that are bad is we all know 
NFL games are there are the typically I shouldn't say typically, but the most often margin of victory is three, four, six, and seven. Those are the key, and really three, four, and seven. Six would be the next one. So if you are, and then if you're talking big numbers, 10, 14, right? Because touchdowns are seven, field goals are three. So if you are going to tease a team, you want to make sure you're getting them through key numbers. So the best value teasers are teasing favorites of seven and a half to eight and a half. If we're doing a traditional six-point teaser, not these exotic 10-pointers you like so much, but if we're doing a traditional six-point teaser, favorites of anywhere from six and a half to eight and a half, or seven and a half, really, to eight and a half, because you are taking them down through the seven, through the six, through the four and the three, or teasing underdogs of one and a half to two and a half up. So you are teasing through the three, the four, the six, and the seven. You're getting all, not you're getting all of the key numbers, and you're not giving up one possible outcome of value. So the teaser this weekend, if there was one, and it's staring you right in the face, is my teaser. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Niners. No, this coming weekend. Right. Demonte did hit a teaser this weekend, but he was in a state that doesn't allow gambling. So he just sent me a screenshot of it. But luckily, I placed it for him. And I'm only going to take a 25% cut of it. Uh, the obvious teaser this weekend, as far as value is, a six-point teaser, taking the Niners from 2.5 to 8.5, and, and taking the Bengals from 1.5 to 7.5. That is a true, solid, good value teaser. You're getting... All of the key numbers. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the answer. I hope that. I understand that logic. Yeah, I hope that made sense. All right, next. Always balling. Wait, actually, no. Jack Rudolph asked how excited. Hold on. Let me say one other thing here. Just real quick. The, uh, the, the reason it's important to understand that part of it is because you are, you've got to look at it as you are paying for those points. So a two-team six-point teaser is probably minus 120 in most shops. A two-team parlay is plus 260. So you are going from having $100, having $100 win you $260 to $100 win you $83, right? So you're getting one-third of the value of just parlaying those teams. Why would you give up that value? Because you are getting those 12 valuable points. But if you don't make full use of those 12 points, then it's not worth giving up that value. Okay, next. By the way, go ahead and cut this, and let's put this in the Gambling Show Friday since we're going to be starved for content <laughs> for Friday's show because there's only two games. Go ahead, next. All right, Jack Rudolph asks, how excited are you to finally be back, back to in-person Super Bowl week in Arizona? Last time you were there was the 100th NFL season. And it was also the last time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Hmm. Okay. Also, I haven't been to Arizona since I used to go there for Royals spring training when I was covering the Royals back in a previous life. And they have one hell of a poker room at the old Talking Stick Resort and Casino. An 80-seat poker room. Quite wow. nice. It's unbelievable. I hope it's still there. I will be checking it out. <laughs> I already rented a car, actually, for a while. <laughs> Next. What's up, Jack? All right. Always balling seven ass. Can you give NBA comps to the remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs? Uh, I could, but that's actually too big of a, of a project, and I don't want to rush that. Sorry, Jack. I'm not doing it. Would Patrick Mahomes be LeBron? Maybe. Years ago? But I the Mahomes might actually right now be Giannis. I don't want to do it. I don't, yeah. uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not doing it. That's that type of thing. I don't want to just be out there in the world and me not having given it real thought. Okay. That's like also a really good like summer television segment when there's not a lot of content. All right, next. Or I, try, last. I try to bait him, guys. All right, Marte Robinson asks, what position should the Chiefs prioritize drafting for this offseason? Uh, either wide receiver or right tackle. Wide receiver or tackle would be my answer. Uh, oh. And so, I mean, that's very clear. Interior offensive line is set. D-line is set. Secondary is set. Quarterback is set. 
linebackers are set. It's got to be either wide receiver, tackle, or sneaky, maybe tight end. Kelsey is unbelievable, but he is getting older, and I would like whoever the next tight end is to be able to learn underneath him. Um, thanks to our what? biggest audience ever. Wow. How many total viewers? 21,700. That's amazing. Viewers. That's awesome. We appreciate that. Concurrent. That's awesome. We will see you guys on Thursday. Tune in 3 p.m. today on FS1. I have something very special planned for the Buffalo Bills. That's coming 3 p.m. today on FS1. See you guys then. What's right? <laughs>